This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 20th, 2015. Reset from anxious to assured, given by disciple member Bill Trench. Hello again, Connection Church. Good morning. So, um, as Lori said, the pastors are uh, away for some well-deserved vacation. Almost feels like the parents are gone, you know? Um, Woo! Do whatever we want, right? Put a stool on stage. Um, So, uh, my name is Bill Trench, and uh, I'm privileged to uh, give this message today. But before we start, can we just pray? Dear Lord, thank you for waking us up. Thank you for bringing us all here. God, you have a special moment for us. Open our hearts to receive that word. Help that word to transform us, Lord, so we walk out of here differently than we walked in. We love you and praise you in all things. In the name of Jesus. And all connections said, amen. So we are in a uh, the third week of a four-week series, the first uh, week we talked about, uh, we're all talking about reset, but the first week was talking about exhaustion to excitement. Second week, last week, we were talking about complacent to uh, connected. And this week, we're talking about anxious to assured. So before we get started, I'm going to start with a word association. So when we were kids, they did the word association. We say black is to white as on is to off, Right? So we're going to do a little word association. Anxious is to assured as worry is to promise, fear is to peace, and my favorite, eagles, is to stealers. <laughs> so I got a lot more booze at the 8.30, so <laughs> must be a lot of Eagles fans at 8.30. So um, in all seriousness, 40 million people in the United States are um, have, an anxi- have been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. And so there's probably a good uh, chance that somebody here has been uh, diagnosed with anxiety disorder. But rest assured, we all know what anxious feels like. We've all been there. And um, we, we're in good company. Jesus Christ was anxious. He felt anxiety. The night before he was crucified, he spent uh, an evening in prayer the Garden of Gethsemane And the Bible says that he bled from his forehead. He was so anxious. He was praying so hard. That's real anxiety. But you know, there's plenty of things to be anxious about. Your kids, your marriage, your work, your health. It's just so much that we all deal with. And we all have something that we're sitting on right now. If you think about it, there's something you're worried about right now. And as we go through this message today, I want you to keep that in your mind. What's the definition of anxious? At least the definition uh, from Webster is full of mental distress or uneasiness because of fear or danger or misfortune. Greatly worried about the future. So, How many people here are feeling exactly that right now? There you go. Show of hands. (laughs) Um, The the definition of assurance, though, is is quite the opposite. It's it's guaranteed, promise, security in your future. So let me illustrate this 
at least from my perspective, uh, a story that I, that I have about going from anxious to assured. So when my son was nine days old, Matt, I was outside on the deck with my mother and it was a beautiful May day. It was sunny, it was really nice out. Matt, Matt was breathing a little heavy. And uh, my mom looked at him and said, you probably should call the doctor about that. So I said, fine, I'll call the doctor. I called her and she said, well, why don't you bring her up to the hospital, bring him up to the hospital and um, he has a little jaundice, so we'll give him a billy blanket. I don't know what a billy blanket is, but they're gonna give him a billy blanket and make him feel better. So I said, fine, that sounds good. So I drove him up to uh, AI DuPont, you know, best hospital around, walked in the door. Within minutes of walking in the door, he had doctors and nurses all over him, poking, prodding, monitoring, and they whisked me away to another room. So I'm sitting there thinking, what, what's going on? And uh, a doctor comes in, she goes, My, I'm Dr. Baffa. I'm the cardiologist on, on uh, site today. I'm like, cardiologist? She goes, yeah, your son has a heart defect. And I said, uh, okay, what do you mean? She said, his aorta is too thin and it needs to be operated on. And I was, I was like, okay, when? When is he on? She goes, well, if you know anything about blood oxygen level, which I don't, um, she goes, you should have a blood oxygen level of around 90 to 95% when you're healthy. He has 85%. If you didn't bring him in today, Bill, he would have died. And I said, okay, I, want, I came in for a billy blanket, and now I'm finding out he, he could have died. So my anxiety kind of went through the roof. And she said it has to be stabilized before we can have the surgery, which means I got to go from Friday to Monday with this on my mind. I paced, I didn't sleep, I, was, I didn't eat. Um, I prayed, even though I didn't really have a close relationship with God at the time, I prayed. And Monday came around and he went into surgery at uh, six in the morning and came out probably four or five hours later. And then the doctor came in the room that I was sitting in and he said uh, exactly what I wanted to hear. He said, Bill, Matt's gonna be fine. He's okay. And I was like, wow, I went from all this anxiety and fear to this assurance that he's gonna be fine. And it was just the opposite. It was, it was, this, it was as if the assurance took the place of the, the worry. It couldn't live in the same place. You couldn't be assured and worried at the same time. It just took over. And I felt so good, I was on top of the world. And, and guess what, you know, you think about that thing that's making you anxious right now. Don't we all want a guarantee? Don't we all want someone to come up and say, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be fine, right? We all want that. That's what we all wanna feel, especially when we're fearful or we're worried about something. So how do we get from anxious to assured? How do we get that replacement to happen? What if I told you the answer is actually quite simple? I didn't say it was easy, but it's quite simple. And I believe that if you stick with me for the next 20 minutes or so, God can just change your life. So what does God say about anxiety? Let's start with uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Um, Philippians is a, a book in the Bible, in the second half of the Bible, in the New Testament, and it's uh, um, written by a man named Paul, who's a strong believer and follower of Jesus Christ. He opened up a lot of churches, started a lot of churches in the Mediterranean area, 
and Philippi was one of them, and he's writing to them about their uh, anxiety and their fear, and he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, if I didn't say this verse today, I'd have been kicked out of my small group, because we've lived on this verse for years. It is something, it's a, it's a foundational for our small group because we have a lot of anxiety. No, we, we, we deal with life together and, and quite frankly, it's, it's a verse that's really helped us in a lot of different ways. But you know what? Anybody, even if you're not following Jesus, can relate to the fact that when you're having trouble, when you're worried, when you're in this state of anxiety and fear, you pray, right? You pray. God, take this away. God, change this situation. Take this away from my life, whether it's a health issue or my children's issue, or it could be anything, but you just want it to go away, right? Well, that's not what Paul's saying here. He is saying to pray. He is saying to petition, and petition is a, is a, a begging of God. It's not just praying, it's begging God and giving him your request and thanksgiving. But he doesn't say that he's going to remove the situation, right? He doesn't say you're, if you do this, you know, your, your troubles are gone. He doesn't say that. What he says is that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will come upon you. And he'll replace that fear and anxiety that you have with that peace so that you can make it through it. And I don't know how better to describe that kind of feeling, but I do have a video to show you today from Barbara Wood, who is here today and, and in the audience right now. And I think it just kind of takes the whole thing I just talked about, this whole verse, and puts it into to reality. So let's, let's play the video. I went through a lot of anxiety in April. Um, literally, I was waking up, my heart was racing, my mind was just having a battlefield with my mind. Um, to the point to where, um, at first I was trying to handle it, but um, it had gotten so bad that I couldn't function at work, I, I mean, things that would come naturally to me, you know, just weren't coming. Anxiety, the shakes, the worrying, the devil's just playing with my mind and um, telling me, you know, just, you know, money-wise, job-wise, you have no friends, you, uh, you know, you live by yourself, you're not married, you were divorced, all this stuff. and. There just came a point where I couldn't bear it any longer. So I called Pastor Carrie, or Pastor Lori, and I asked her about this Unbound and if I could set something up. And um, through the Unbound session and uh, things that were, you know, bothering me, things that were fearful, the anxiety I had, the worry, the everything. And um, what it came down to was just praying praying about it, just renouncing. Um, it's just a matter of speaking it. 
And I did that with them to where I knew I had to do something too. That it's, I can't just pray and leave it all up to God. That I had to make some steps. I had to take some steps. And um, so that's what I did. I started coming to, I came to Alpha. Uh, I started and, you know, going to like small group. And I made myself go. Uh, there were times where I was getting ready to leave and, you know, the devil's like, oh, you don't need to go. You know, you're tired. It was remarkable because it's like, I, don't, I can't even pinpoint when it happened, but God has just, it's not even revealed himself to me. It's that I just feel like he's my all now. You know, um, I'm so thankful. Um, I have a peace that's just unreal. I finally feel like I'm living life the way I should have been um, for so many years. And I'm thrilled about that. And it wasn't, it wasn't easy, I guess, getting here. But I'm so glad um, that he never gave up on me. Wow. And that, that was awesome. Thank you, Barbara. Um, have you ever felt that way? God's given up on you? That uh, everything's falling apart? Can't handle it anymore? Many of us have been there. But you know what? Things haven't changed really for Barbara. She's still the same person, same situation, same circumstances. But she's changed. God's changed her. Some of us tend to overestimate our ability to force outcomes we want. And we underestimate our abilities to choose how we react in difficult situations. Let me give you an example. Our kids. You know, we, uh, those of you who have kids, we all want our kids to be successful. We all want our kids, some of us want our kids to go to college. Some of us want our kids to just thrive or get married or whatever but we want them to do something. We do everything we can to make that happen, don't we? Everything. I mean, we discipline them or we make them study or we make them go to a soccer camp or whatever. We do all those things. We force that outcome. We want that outcome to happen. And this is just kids, but we do this with all kinds of things. And guess what? It doesn't always happen, right? You could send your kid to soccer camp every year and that kid might not be any good at soccer at all, right? That's a funny ex example, but that could be the same thing for life, right? All you want your kid to be is happy and just not happy. You can't force that outcome, though. We think we can. We try, but not always. We, can, we can't do it. And then we, we don't give ourselves the chance to make the choice to give that outcome to someone else. We think we have to do it. We think we're responsible for doing it. And in doing that, we forget we have a choice. 
in that responsibility. We have a choice in that outcome. And, and who's in charge of it? We always have a choice to give God the control, to listen, to be obedient to what he has to say, which is going to lead us to the peace we're talking about, the peace that Barbara talked about. Second scripture I want to talk about is uh, 1 Peter 5, 5 through 7. And uh, Peter is also a close follower of Jesus Christ and one of his disciples. And he, um, he's uh, writing to uh, some new Christians, both Jews and Gentiles, Gentiles being non-Jewish uh, Christians and uh, people to become, come to Christ. And um, he states, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety. I love that verse. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Not a little bit of your anxiety, all of your anxiety. He begins by saying, uh, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. What does that mean? What does that even mean? You know? What is humility? Humility is our ability to give up authority to someone else. It could be at work, it could be a spouse, it could be a friend, it could be God. Giving up that authority, lowering yourself, giving up the power and responsibilities of our outcomes. This is difficult for a lot of us. Believe me, this is not an easy thing to do. And as I said in the beginning, it may be a simple answer, but it's not an easy answer, okay? Humility is a heavy burden when you're taking on the responsibility of your outcomes. When you are responsible for what happens with your child and that child doesn't reach what you expect it to reach, that's a heavy burden. And it's not a burden for you to bear because you don't own or control that outcome. Instead, we hold on to those responsibilities. We hold on to that and we, we try to force it. You see, anxiety is not a byproduct of our circumstance. It's an outcome. Let me repeat that. Anxiety is not a byproduct of our circumstances. It's an outcome. It's a reflection of the unknown that's out there. It's a reflection of where our trust is. If anxiety was a byproduct of your circumstance, Everybody that lost their job would be fearful. Everybody that goes through a divorce would be anxious. Everybody that has a health problem would be worried. But we all know someone out there that just lost their job, just found out they have cancer, just um, had an issue with their marriage, that are fine. You know, they have a peace about them. And you look at them and go, what are you, in denial? Do you not realize everything's falling apart around you? And they're just peaceful. And you're like, wow, I want some of that. What is that? But that is proof that that anxiety and that fear and that worry is not a byproduct or it's not connected to the circumstance. It's a choice. I heard one person say, I trust me with me more than I trust God with me. When you're anxious, when you're fearful, when you're worried, how often do you think that? I know best what's going to make me feel happy. I know what I can do. 
I'll do this, or I'll drink that, or I'll go out here, or I'll meet with this person. It'll make me feel better, because I know what makes me feel good. I trust me with me more than I trust God with me. In other words, when we worry, we're telling God, I don't trust you. And quite frankly, I don't even like to say that. But that's what we're saying to God. I don't trust you. And that is pride. That is pride. And unless you give up that control of the outcomes and give the responsibility of those outcomes to God, you're never going to feel that peace that we're talking about. You're not going to feel the peace that no one can understand. Both scriptures say the same thing in two different ways, but they're really saying the same thing. They're saying humble yourself, pray, listen to what God has to say, and be obedient with what he's telling you, right? They're saying the same thing. See, God won't always take you out of your situation. And many times he won't take you out of your situation. Believe me, we've all been there. And you've got to live in it. And sometimes it's not a day. It's not a week. It's a year. It's years. And we have to endure it. The only way to endure it is through that peace. Romans 8.28 says, In all things, God works for the good for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. In all things. He doesn't say in a few things. He says in all things, God works for the good for those who love him. What he's saying is he could take the worst of your situations, no matter how bad it is, and he can make good out of it. You can't force good out of it. He can make good out of it, and he does. And I know it's a hard concept because I know I have a struggle with that. When you're in the heat and the battle of a divorce or you're in the midst of a health crisis, it's really hard to say God's going to make good out of this. It's not easy to say that, but he does. I'll give you an example. Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Millions of lives have been saved because of this group. But how did it start? Somebody had to die. A child had to die from a drunk driver. God made good out of it. He made good out of it. And now his lives are being saved because of it. I wouldn't believe this if I didn't experience it. About a year ago, I changed my job. My wife and I prayed a lot about it. It was a, a job that was closer to home. We were looking for something a little closer. I was commuting like two hours both ways. And so it was, it was a tough tough thing to deal with and so we found a job that was closer and uh, it looked like it was right and, and we prayed a lot about it and God made us feel comfortable with it and so we made the choice to change. Within five weeks of taking the job I thought I would made a mistake. It was horrible and um, it wasn't challenging. It was very difficult to deal with. The people were very difficult. Everything about this job was just horrible. <laughs> Believe me, it was it was. I was doubting myself over and over again. But I kept saying to myself, I'm here for a reason. I did what I was supposed to do. I, I talked to God about this. He said, you're, you're supposed to be there. Why, God? I have no idea, but I'm supposed to be here. 
So I kept saying that to myself and it got worse and it got worse and it didn't get better. And you guys can relate to this. Who's in a bad job? You know, it's, it's, it's something you just, it hurts and it gets tougher. And so after about eight months or so, I was praying and praying and praying and I came across this verse and it's not a verse that I hadn't read before, but I read it differently. And it's um, Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. And you know, doesn't that verse sum up everything I just said about anxiety, about worry? It sums it up. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't be prideful. Be humble. And in all your ways submit to him. Be obedient to what he's telling you. And he will make your path straight. He didn't say your paths were straight. He said he'll make your path straight, right? He'll make good out of any situation. He will show you your purpose. That is your straight path, your purpose. And that just hung on that. And I, it, I used it as a mantra. Believe me, I said it every single day, and it didn't go away. Believe me, this was still happening, and I kept going, and I kept going. And I was, kept asking myself, why, God? Why am I in this? Why is this job? Why, why this job? Why this pain? Why am I going through this? It started affecting my family life. It started affecting my self-esteem. It was not good. And I was at a conference not too long ago, and I was sitting there, and I heard a voice of God, and he said, uh, Bill, how bad do I have to make this? That's not a nice thing to hear from God. You know, you're like, what, what do you mean, well, how bad do you have to make this? How bad could it be? How bad could it be from what it is? And so I, he said it again, and I was like, what in the world? So I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I figured it out. You know, for those of you who don't know, about two years ago, I came to Carrie and Alan, our pastors, and, and asked them, what would it look like for me to go into full-time ministry? And I sat down with them, and I did about two months worth of mentoring, and I just said, you know, my heart's not in it. I'm not there yet. I'm not ready for it. Let God kind of work with me for a while. And um, when God said, how bad do I have to make this? He was telling me, I'm not in my purpose. My paths aren't straight. So as of about five weeks ago, I started the process of going into full-time ministry. So, and God was faithful. God was faithful. I was and he was. And he made good out of a bad situation. The job's the same. It hadn't changed a bit. It's exactly as bad as it was when I started. You know? But I'm changed. I'm faithful now. I get it. I have a peace about it that doesn't bother me a bit. And I know where my purpose is. And that's a good place to be. It wasn't easy getting there, but it's a good place to be. And it's quite a reset, isn't it? Um, anxiety, I heard, was defined one way as living for a purpose that you have no guarantee of it being realized. Let me read that again. Living for a purpose that you have no guarantee of it being realized. How many are living like that? How many people are living that would be devastated if their kid wasn't successful? Would be devastated if their marriage ended? 
There's no guarantees in either of those. There's no guarantee in your health. There's no guarantees. There's only one guarantee, and that's Jesus Christ. He is our only guarantee, our true guarantee in life, our true assurance. Are you living for it? So I ask you, what are you living for? Are you living for death? Are you living for life? Are you living for temporary? Or are you living for eternal? Are you living for you? Or are you living for Jesus? Are you living anxious? Are you living assured? You have a choice. You have a choice. I choose to trust in the Lord with all my heart and to lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways submit to him, and he will make my path straight. I hope you choose the right choice. I hope you live a life of purpose. I hope you live a life of peace. I hope you live a life of promise. I especially hope you live a life of love because God's love is the ultimate assurance. Let's pray. God, a lot of stuff we just went over. Um, I just pray that people here soak this in. They feel it in their heart. They know what was said is truth. That they are transformed by what you say, Lord. That you are the only assurance we have. You're our only hope. And God, if we're not living for that, then we're not living. And I just thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to be in your presence, to feel you, to know your grace, the grace of your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Everyone said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.